Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. Brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We'll continue on the secrets of greatness, and I'm going to finish it up this morning. And the first thing, like we've started defining, is what exactly is greatness? And we said that greatness is fulfilling God's plan and purpose for your life. Fulfilling God's plan and purpose for your life. And that's the definition of greatness. Because in our world, greatness is defined by so many things. Especially material possessions. And if we're not careful, what happens is that we get caught up in these definitions and we are always in a constant pursuit of something that's not lost. We're always in a constant pursuit of things. And what that means is sometimes we're not even doing or fulfilling God's plan for our life. And we looked at the life of David. We looked at service. But this morning, I want to zero in on David and Joseph on the attitude and the skill of service. The attitude and the skill of service. The greatest test of our days of little beginning is our attitude to service. The greatest test of our days of little beginning is going to be our attitude to service. The greatest test of our days of little beginning is going to be our attitude to service. How do we serve when things are small? How do we serve when nobody's seeing us? How do we serve when things are not going the way we want? How do we serve when things are still small? That's that's, that's going to be very critical in our um, journey of fulfilling destiny. That's going to be very critical in our journey of fulfilling destiny. How we serve in the days of little beginning. The attitude of service. We're not just serving, but there is a right attitude to serve. Praise the name of the Lord. I said praise the name of the Lord. All right. Everyone can serve in a great place. It takes great people to serve in small places. Everyone can serve in a great place. It takes great people to serve where? In small places. Everyone can be their best when the light is on them. But it takes great people to serve in obscure places. You know, sometimes in life, we always think we will do better when the things get bigger. But that's not true. That's not true. We always think, how many of you think that you're going to be more generous when you have more money? Yeah, everybody thinks so. Like, man, when the millions come, (laughs) boy, I'm going to eradicate poverty from the world. But that's not true. If you're not doing it in the little that you have right now, there is no guarantee you're going to do it in the much. When When I was coming up financially, I remember there was a time in my life, my tithe used to be 100 naira. I, 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 since 2000 and um, I spoke with one of my mentors 
talking to me about finances, and I saw that he was recording his tithe and his giving. I, I, I met him in 2003. Since 2003 till date, I've got uh, a track record of how much I give and how much I tithe. It just helps me to appreciate the increase of the Lord. Now, I remember there was a time I was, my tithe was 100 now, and man, it was easy to just give it out of 1,000. Did I remember the first time I had to give uh, 100,000 naira as tight? Man, did that money look big? It looked very big. And I realized something, that it is easier to give when, you're, when, the, when the figure is small than to give when the figure is high. Okay, I'll say that again. I said, I realized it is easy to be generous sometimes when the money is small. Because imagine if this morning... Your tithe has to be like two million. You wonder, like, oh God, is this really? Did, did you really say ten percent or two and a half? What are we? Have you changed the vat? Why? Because it feels like that is leaving you. Now, sometimes it's the same way with service. It's the same way with service. You will never go wrong with service if you keep your attitude right. You will never go wrong with service. And I want to challenge us this morning. We need to raise a generation that is passionate about serving again. We, we need to live in a world where it is not just about us. Where it's not just about people serving us. Where it is us going out to be of a blessing to people and to serve people. And it takes humility to serve. It takes humility to serve because when you're serving, you will be treated like a slave. But it takes humility to serve. If you are proud, you cannot serve. If you are self-conscious, you cannot serve. Now, if you look at service, especially for believers, it is not just in the service that we get our reward. It is in skillful service. So this morning, I'm going to go between David and Joseph. And I want to look at a couple of things on our way to greatness. Let's look at um, how Joseph started. Well, I'll go into Joseph. Let me start with David. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel chapter 16. And you remember I told you about David. That the way David started serving was to take food to his brothers. And amazingly, that's the way it started with Joseph also. But let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 16. And we're going to read just 15 and 16. I just want to pick out something there. 1 Samuel 16, 15 and 16. And Saul's servant said to him, Surely a distressing spirit from God is troubling you. Let our master now command your servants... Who are before you, look at this, to seek out a man who is a skillful player on the harp. Everybody say skillful. skillful. Say it loud and clear. Say skillful. skillful. Right. And it shall be that he will play it when the, the spirits, you know, come upon you. I, I, and I, I, and that, that, that's strong in my mind. That's strong in my mind. How he hired 
to look for someone who was skillful. Not just somebody who could play, but someone who was skillful. How skillful are you with your talents? How skillful are you with your business? You know, because sometimes in our mind, God is going to favor us whether we are skillful or not. Amazingly, some of the most shabby work you will ever see done for you are done by tongue-talking, devil-chasing, heaven-going believers. Skill. Even though God is going to promote you, he's not going to promote your unskillfulness. And you owe yourself a responsibility to be skillful in the plane or whatever you're doing. You know, I was thinking, how did David develop this skill? While he was taking care of sheep at the backside of the desert, probably he was playing to, to the animals. Well, I don't know. That tells me something. Your days of little beginning are the days of getting skillful. Get better at what you do. Get better at what you do. Get skillful. Invest some of your money in your brain. Take courses. Get yourself exposed. Let the day that God gives you opportunity not come and you realize your skill cannot match it. Learn, read books, buy materials. When you get on your phone, leave Facebook alone. Get something that will challenge your mind. Get better. You should be better this year than you were last year. If you're repeating the same mistakes in your life, it means you're not growing. Let's throw away this notion that somehow one day God is just going to come and just bam, take us to our destiny. How many of you re realize we've been saying that since we were young and now we're getting old and that day has never come because it will never come. Promotion is not going to come to people who are unskillful. You're a tailor, a fashion designer, or a seamstress, for instance, because now we just changed the names because we're ashamed of everything. Someone say you're a tailor, say no, I'm a fashion crafter. Whatever you're doing, get excellent at it. Let the name not be bigger than the delivery. Nice name, nice complimentary card, nice letterheaded paper, nice quote, bad job. Praise God. Are we talking this morning? Get skillful. You have one life to live. Live it at the best. Improve yourself. It's, it, when they were looking for a man to play the harp, they didn't say just get anybody to play. At least it's a demon he wants to drive out. Demons don't care. No, he says let's look for a man who is skillful. So the development of your skill is not a God responsibility. It is your responsibility. You're a young man. Why don't you go learn driving? Why don't you learn how to operate the computer? This is 2019. Before they say anything, you say your father died. Anything, your father died. There are two things. You want to die with him or you want to leave. You've got to make a choice. We must learn to live past the limitations and the excuses that we have that's making us not to be our best. 
Do you realize that David was not the most loved son of his father? He could have had all the excuses not to, not to learn how to play. What am I playing? They don't even like me. They let me in the bush here. Who will I play for? You can never tell who your skill is going to be used for. Just get it developed. It's not the day they say, oh, you know, that's why some, some well, let me say some of us, although I don't do contracts. But that's why some of us lie, right? We're not ready. And then they just say, oh, there's a contract job. Then you start looking for who has company. You start looking for who has stamp. You start looking, and you don't even know anything about that. You're just a hustler who stumbled on an opportunity, never prepared. They'll reduce cost of the registration of, of business incorporation. You will not take advantage of it. You have gone to buy suya. And then the day comes, they say, where is your invoice? You are borrowing letterheaded, borrowing company paper, borrowing everything. You don't have anything that, is, that, that makes you, that makes even God feel that you have a future. Even God is just wondering that, do you, I created you, but do you have one? Very disorganized, very unskillful, you can blame everybody. Blame the country, blame the president, blame the rainy season, blame your mother who died, blame your pastor, blame the church, stop serving God, stop going to church, change churches, all in a bid to get better because you're always looking at everybody else except yourself. It's everybody else's problem. It's your wife, it's your children, it's the guy who broke your heart, it's the one who took it. Is everybody's problem. Don't you, can't you imagine that when you read the scripture, how did David learn how to play this thing? He was skillful that in a whole nation, he was the one they picked. A whole nation. That's how skillful he is. What, how skillful are you in your assignment? Are you the best in your job? You know, one day I, I, was, I was in school, in the university, and uh, maybe, maybe that's shaped the way I even run church, maybe, but when I was in the university, I got into campus fellowship, and then they said, we were going to be this, 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 you have to join three, three units, you have to be, I'm like, no, listen, listen, the number one reason I came to the university was to study and to pass. If I wanted to do all of these things, I will go to a seminary. And because I came from a home where you had one option. You know all these receipts, 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 receipts. I don't understand it. When you go for an exam, you're going to pass. That, you, that is, you don't have an option. You can't come back. To where? That you failed. How? Why will you fail? Then you, you fail, then in fact, you now come back and tell your dad this was because you were having emotional issues that you failed. What was the emotional issues? They get you were going out, you broke your heart. That's, that's like you are dead. First of all, you failed the exam. Then you didn't fail for any other reason that you have emotional issues. And then you are saying, let's do psychology, let's do therapy, talk to them in a way they will understand. Understand what? I'll ask you this. The way you're going about raising your children, if you were raised that way, would you be who you are now? Because sometimes when the resources start coming, we feel we want to shield these children from some of the processes they have to go through. Listen, listen, life was never designed that way. 
You cannot pay the price for your kids. They have to pay their own price. They have to develop their own skill. Sometimes you have to let them face the music to understand that that is how life works. David wasn't loved. His brothers hated him. His father, imagine if, if we come to your house today and we say, we're looking for someone who can be the president of this country. Even the people who are not your children, your nanny that served with you 10 years ago, you, will bring, you just want that anybody related to me should just be called up to become president. Am I right? Because you feel if that guy's president, things are going to be better. Imagine somebody coming to your father's house and they forgot you. It's the prophet that now reminded him that. Don't you have any child? Say, yeah, 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 David, David. Where is he? Go and call him. No, and imagine coming home and learning that they came to anoint a king, the king of Israel, the ruling nation of that time in your house, and your father forgot you. They should just wait after the anointing service. Just let the prophet just go. Immediately, do you understand that? But David did not allow that in the heart, in his heart, because I'm going to talk about that. The reason some of us can never become great, there's too much offense in our hearts. We are angry at everybody. Angry at life, angry at God, angry at pastor, angry at churches, angry. You know, sometimes you're even just angry at wealthy people. Somebody just drive a nice car, you just get angry and start talking. Thieves. Thieves. Anger. There's so much offense in your heart. Offense and greatness do not go hand in hand. Praise the name of the Lord. So David was skillful. What's the definition of skill? The ability to do something well. The ability to use one's knowledge effectively and readily in execution or performance. The learned power of doing something competently. To develop competence. <laughs> to develop competence. You know, someone came to the office uh, yesterday, Saturday. Not a member of the church. But when, he walked, when, when the person walked in, the first thing he said, he said, I like the excellence around your church facility. The excellence. To do something well. Bring order into your life. Bring order into your business. Praise God. I said, praise God. Get order into your life. Prepare your life like you're going somewhere. Get skillful. Get skillful. <laughs> Be organized. You know, sometimes... When, when we, I, I know you have several reasons, some people don't want to be close to the air condition, some people don't want to be close to speaker, and all many excuses you have not to sit where they have asked you to sit. But you know, if people just come and decide to sit anywhere, just sit anywhere, it's, it's not a sign of maturity, it's disorganization. It's disorder. Yeah, it's disorder, that's what it is. Then everybody's just, oh, this one, I like it. You can't, you know, there are places you go, you don't have to like anything. Just follow what they said. It's two hours. Sit there and get home. 
Because sometimes these things are, are a reflection of our inner thoughts. If you have a baby, that's understandable. Order increases productivity. Order increases the presence of God. When Jesus wanted to feed them, he says, let them sit down in group of 50s. He didn't say, let them just sit anywhere. No, because the disciples were going to serve. If you look at creation, you will see how excellent God does his things. See how excellent. In fact, the first time I flew an airplane, I was wondering why would people say there is no God. Like, now, now why? It takes even more faith to say there is no God than to say there is God. When you're flying on, when you look at the clouds, you are amazed that there must be, there must be an intelligent being behind this whole thing. This cannot be an explosion. Praise God. Imagine we put a stack of chairs right here and we explode the chairs. Are they going to be arranged the way you arrange now? No. The fact that there's order means that somebody had walked behind the scene. The orderliness of creation shows us that there's an intelligent being behind creation. It cannot be an explosion. You can't explode that kind of order. Get skillful. Set a goal to be more skillful in what you do. If you're a business person, go and learn accounting. Know the difference between your profit and your capital. Don't say you don't know where your money is going. Know which two kids. You are just disorderly with your finances. Don't say you don't know what's happening to your salary. No, you didn't give it to church. You spent it. Find how your money is going. Get skillful in your days of little beginning. Why? Because when the day of greatness comes, there will be no longer time to practice. Praise God. Are you still here? Say amen if you're here. Amen. Say a skillful amen. amen. That's better. That's more skillful. Praise God. Are you learning something? Now, we have this narrative that, uh, that when David threw the stone, how many of you have heard that preach? That when David threw the, you know, <laughs> some dramatic preachers preach that. That when David threw the stone, God just took the stone. God took it straight, that there was one hole. Yeah, how many of you have heard that preach now? Come on now. <laughs> That there's one hole here that Goliath did not cover. God just directed the stone to no, no, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. Let's read Bible. <laughs> there were a particular tribe, and most likely that's where David learned, that were skillful in throwing the slingshots. That was their uh, what now? That was their weapon of war. That was what they were known for. They were known for using the slingshot and they, they were left-handed. And if they swing the shot at any target, they did not miss. That explains to us why David used that. It was not that David was just walking, ah, ah, okay, okay, stone, and then just threw it, and God just carried the stone. And I started, no, 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 no. You see, those interpretations of scripture is what makes life unpredictable for believers. I've always told you here, always let scriptures interpret scripture. Don't try to read your meaning into it. The story of David and Goliath was a historical event that happened. It is not 
the spirit told me. No, the spirit did not tell you. It is a story that happened. If you don't know how it happened, go and look for books that described about how it happened. There was a level of skill. Now, I'll, 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 I'll tell you how true this is. Because when Saul gave David his armor, what did David say? Talk to me, church. He says, I have not done what? Proven this. It means I have not used it. I don't know how to use it. That tells us that whatever weapon he used, he has proven. Oh, come on now. So it's not like they were just running, just saw stone, say, yeah, 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 this is stone. No, no, you don't win like that. Many things in life are not coincidence. Are you following what I'm saying? Someone say, just speak for one for no, 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 no. It was not like that. You see, when you make some of these things mysterious, people don't even know what will happen in their life. It was not just running, I just saw stone and say, yeah, maybe just running past and saw gravity and just took five. Say, go, no, no. He, he, he knew. He had proven this. Let's read. I'll give you two scriptures. The Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, the word is confirmed. Let's go to Judges 2016. Judges 2016. Are you still here? Say amen if you're here. Okay, hope you're not planning to go home. Judges 2016. I'm looking forward to one day that I'll teach for like three hours from 8 till 11 o'clock. Are we there? Come on. I want everybody to read it. So next time when you are telling the story of uh, David and Goliath, you say it right, right? You not say it like luck. <laughs> Among all these were 700 select men who were left-handed. Look at this. Everyone could sling a stone at a hair's breadth and not miss. They were selected for these reasons. That is why they were selected. You know what's a hair breadth? That's like something very tiny. And they would not miss. This was the skill David developed to kill Goliath. So it was not a random throwing of stone. No. <laughs> are you still here? What are we talking about? Skill. When you are serving with skill, it was not just a random throwing of stone. David did not just throw the stone and angels just were carrying it. No, come this way. No, come this way. No, no, no. He had skill in this. Was the grace of God upon the, 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 his assignment? Yes, but there was skill. Are, are you following what I'm saying? Is the grace of God upon my life? Yes. But is there a skill to Bible interpretation? Absolutely. If not, I can come here this Sunday morning and say you will serve your way to greatness. In January, you will serve your way to greatness. In March, greatness is your portion. In April, greatness is your portion. You will live here. You will not understand what belongs to you. Either portion or greatness or January. You will just be confused. And you know the nice thing you'll be saying, Amen, I receive. Have you seen that? I receive. I receive. You will do that year upon year upon year and there will be no progress. Is there a place for prophetic word? Yes. But the prophetic word comes upon your skill. Because God, listen to something about God. God is also a fair and a just God. 
it will be unjust for God to take someone who, who doesn't have the capacity to lead over someone who has the capacity just because someone is born again. Essentially, listen carefully to this, essentially, the, the, the advantage that you have over the child who is not, uh, uh, over someone who is not born again is the fact that you are saved. Your salvation is your greatest advantage. So if you are saved and incompetent, an unsaved and competent man will lead you. And God will not see anything bad in it. So your salvation gives you the favor of God, but it will not remove competence. There's no one in scripture that God used that was not competent. Did the mercy of God come upon their life? Absolutely. Listen, I, can, I don't have the time today, but I can run you through scriptures. When Jacob went to the house of Laban, what did Laban say? He said, by experience, I knew that the blessing of God is upon you. But when, you're, when you came in, my goods were few. Now they have increased. That was not just because of the blessings of the Lord. The, the guy also understood how to do famine. That is why God could now speak to him about mixing the animals and say, take the colored ones. And why? He understood it. God could have just said, listen, bam, I'm giving you colored animals. Go, just go straight. You are rich. That's what we've been waiting for in church that we're still stuck. Go to school. No. You, you want an anointing oil? Go and study how to do computer. No. When your day comes, when your tongue comes, things will turn. Okay? Get your life up. No. Do this. No. You know, you know, sometimes I, I sit with people and I just wonder. So I ask some people like, okay, with the way you are now, what can you do? They say anything. You see, immediately somebody starts saying anything, you know that there's almost zero competence. Because the truth of the matter is that when you are competent at something, you will be bold to say, no, this is what you can do. Praise God. Even as a minister. I, I mean, I remember a couple of months ago, Someone invited me over. So you have you've been blessed listening to our TV program. You've been blessed by you've been blessed by your program and all that. I want to invite you. We got this special convention in Benin City. So I said, okay, fine. The dates were okay. So I said, send me the flyer. What do you want us to speak about? So he sent me the topic. Uh, what's that now? Uh, altars. Something that has to do with altar. Power altar. Altar after power. Or something. Something. Immediately I saw the topic. I said, I've not trained in this. Not going anywhere. Why? I can't preach anywhere. The first thing is when you go into such churches, nobody has a Bible. They're just waiting for you. And I can't function in that kind of environment. Because of the way I teach, any little distraction, it gets into me. I need an environment that's quiet. I need people who are writing. And why? That's my competence. So once you see someone in life that can go anywhere, do anything, they haven't built competence. David was bold to tell the king, I have not tried this. Praise God. Are you still here? Okay, let me give you another scripture regarding the skill. Go to 1 Chronicles 12 and verse 2. 1 Chronicles chapter 12. The day I read this, I say, wow. <laughs> Glory to God. Develop skill on how to sling stones. This also tells me that no skill 
is of less importance. It is the skill you have that God will use to take you to greatness. The two skills David had are the two skills God used to take him to the palace. What's that? Playing the guitar and what? And slinging stones. Some of you throw away your catapults. That was God's... Yeah. Okay, what's catapult now? Slinging. <laughs> First Chronicles chapter 2 verse 2. Let's read from verse 1. Now these were the men who came to David at Ziglag while he was still a fugitive from Saul, the son of Kish. And they were among the mighty men, help us in the war. Look at the way they were described. Help us in the war. Armed with bows, using both the right hand and the left in hoiling stones and shooting arrows with bow. They were of Benjamin, Saul's brethren. Can you see that the first group were only good with left? This group took it to the next level. With left and with right. Just put a stone there. They'll get it done. Improved skill. So you can see that it was not just the casual throwing of stone that brought down Goliath. It was a skillful throwing of stones at Goliath. I want to beg you, make this the year you improve your skill. Take some of your salary and invest it in yourself. Don't wait for your company to improve you. Don't wait for free courses before you go. No, take advantage. You know, as a minister, in the, in the last five years, when the Lord started helping us res with resources and all that, I've always set a target. I always attend an international conference every year just to see how things are done. Every year. I save towards it. I walk towards it. The first three years, the first years in ministry, I used to go to conferences in Lagos. Some major conferences, I started from Lagos. And after a while, other African countries. And, I mean, I have a map of the world in my whatever, and I have it divided. This stage of my life, I'll go to conferences in this region. This stage of my life, I'll go to conferences in this other region. Those things are not things that God will help me to plan. They are things you sit down and say, well, I want, to, yeah, I want to see this. I want to see how this is done. Right now, there's a lot of strong evangelicals. I like the way they teach. And there are conferences I'm attending just to learn. You go there as a participant. You don't go there and say you are a general overseer. No. You go and sit down and learn. If they say there's a workshop, you participate. You go there to improve yourself. You go there to improve your skill. Get materials that will improve your skill. Get materials that will improve your job. Don't wait for the man who employed you to make you better. It's your brain. Don't allow it waste. Get the skill in your days of little beginning. Develop competence. Read books. Cut down the visitation. Cut down the television. Get better. You can increase your value. You can earn more. You can be better than who you are right now. Don't waste your life in entertainment. Uh, you know, sometimes I really wonder how people have many friends. I just wonder, how does it happen? You are known everywhere. What are you building? Who are you becoming? Because if you, if you have a family to take care of, you have a job to handle, you've got books you're reading or writing or a skill you're practicing or something, you won't have the time to be everywhere. You will not. If you have too much time, 
You need to check it. Praise God. Are you still here? Get skillful. After today's message, get back home and write down areas where you need to improve your skill. Some of you, it is not even in getting better. It is in the areas where you are deficient. Maybe you don't know how to dress. Go and ask someone, how do we dress? How can we dress? Don't dress like every music star you see there on TV. Even footballers are wearing suits. You know, I mean, we've got a young man in our church in Worry back then. He plays, we've got maybe like three footballers in our church in Worry that played professionally. Then we had this young man who was just starting to play football. He was playing, he wasn't even playing then. We had a senior guy who was playing for Worry Wolves then. Then he took him as a boy or something, so trying to get him in to a club. And uh, he has not started playing, just helping them to hold football and do it. He had the dreadlocks. I wanted to call it Dada, but for TV's sake, let's call it dreadlocks. He had dreadlocks, skin shave. So my dad now called him that. Why you, you know, he was, he had like this kind of my hair before. And in a couple of months, bam, bam, bam. So my, my dad now asked him that, why is your hair looking like this? He said, I'm a footballer. My dad said, no. Is it the hair you're using to play on your leg? <laughs> do, do you understand you, that you are a footballer? The transformation cannot start from your hair. <laughs> do you understand? You can't, okay, so if you now have this kind of hair, you can't play ball anymore. My dad said, you have not even started playing. So when you now start playing, will you still have head to play the ball? Why? Because we just feel, oh, for this, we have to. No. Get, see, there are some levels of respect you will never get in life if you're not properly dressed. I mean, we proved it in school. My, my lecturer made me to prove it, Professor Jaifu. I mean, I can't forget the man. We had to do it. You know, I, I did social studies, so. He was talking about the power of dressing. He now said, go to the motor park, dress properly, wear suit, dress properly, and see how even the conductors will talk to you. And so we did it. Ah, they will say, ah, no, they, they, will, they will make seat for you. Oh, 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 God, come and sit in front. You know, they will, if they are, they, they look rough. I don't want to say they are rough. They, they, they are not rough. They look rough and you know they are. But when they see you, they just give you that space. They will even tell some people, move. Ah, chairman, they will they'll treat you well. Are you following what I'm saying? Then we went back again, dressed somehow. They just say, once it's day back, you go back. It is the same person. It's a, see, whether you like it or not, your dressing has a lot of impression it gives to people. We cannot see your heart. We can see what you wear. Only God sees the heart and we're not God. Dress properly. Are you following what I'm saying? Don't say it doesn't matter. When it's my turn, it will matter because the people God wants to use can't see your heart. And I'll talk to you about it in the life of Joseph. I pray we have time to get there. When the king asked for Joseph, you know what the Bible says? It says Joseph quickly went to shave. Why did Joseph shave? Because if you were appearing before the Pharaoh, beards were outlawed. He could have said, well, are they not the ones that locked me in prison? If they want the dream, they should. No, listen, my, bro- my friend, that dream, you will die in prison with that dream. You are doing beaded gang, Gabi. <laughs> you will die with that your being in prison. Because the king won't allow you to see him. Why did Joseph not say, well, God has given me the interpretation. They can, they can, they should take me, how do people put it here? Take me as I am. We can't take you as you are if you aren't good. 
Oh, don't judge me. We will. Because we live in a generation that is soft touch. You even see somebody going wrong, you are afraid to tell them. Because then the next thing is, they back away. I, I pray that we get back to the time where we can have friends that tell us the truth. That like, guy, this is who you are. Man, I remember I did something after my youth service. It changed my life. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I used to be this guy, man, just do my stuff. I don't care what people... After youth service, so I gave everybody a notebook. I, I finished a leadership program, so I gave everybody a notebook to just write something about me. My brother, what I read. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I still have the note. I go through it all the time. I still have it. What I read in that book, I didn't believe. You know, you can feel that you are this wonderful person. And you know, that kind of book, everybody's writing to go. So it's not like, you know, when we write, we'll still meet. That was the final write-up. So people poured their hearts. You know, for days, I took that book. I read. Ah, ah, man of God. <laughs> I read. Everything was just, man, you are proud, you are proud. You are, I mean, yeah, I still have the book in my office. You are, now, was I proud? I would be proud not to say I was not proud. <laughs> But it was just my attitude. In fact, my wife, I don't know if she's in service this morning. In fact, when I told my wife I wanted to marry her, the, the lady she was staying with called her. I like, that worry boy, I beg. Just, I, do you understand? You know, sometimes I joke with my wife when certain good things happen. I just say, you see now, see where you are now. Air conditioned building. <laughs> and they warned you against me. You know, especially when we get to fly. I say, put it on Facebook, checked in. Mary and Max said, and tell those people that want you that you should not marry me. Tell them that I've arrived. <laughs> you know, but what I'm trying to say, I'm, I'm now, now, I mean, that's, that's very funny, but look at this. Probably if I had not made that adjustment, I would not be preaching to you this morning. You know why? Because God would not allow any person who had that air. Yeah. So you know why I read that book always? To just check myself. Boy, the tendencies are there. The tendencies are there. Just keep yourself humble. Just, just keep it down. Just uh, don't spoil this thing God is working on. Just keep it. Just relax. Don't worry. Just stay here. You know why? Because the tendency is there. Praise God. You don't need people who will just tell you, man, you are perfect. After Jesus Christ is you. They, no, 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 no. Listen. You need people who can tell you the truth. That's why some of us don't like our boss in the office. Because they are the only ones who tell us the truth. And by the time we come back to our friends, they don't mind that man. That's how quite more people behave. That, that's how, and in, in, in that one speech, they have destroyed every good feedback. It should make your life better. Say, don't worry. We'll go for anointing service. And then you start carrying the man's picture and behaving like a witch, taking it everywhere. Receive feedback. Praise the name of the Lord. Even Peter, Jesus rebuked Peter and said, get thee behind me, Satan. Peter didn't leave the church. He still preached for Jesus. Praise God. How did I get into that? <laughs> Let's go to Joseph. Let's talk about Joseph. Joseph served his brothers by taking food to, he, to them when his father sent him. In Genesis 37, verse 13 to 14. What did Joseph do? He took food to his brothers. And there's something about just taking food to people, right? <laughs> that we've seen in this series. Simple task. Simple task. Simple task. No task should be too heavy for you. I, I want to beg you, those of you who are still living with your parents, serve your parents. 
take care of them iron their clothes sweep the house make the bed that's the path to greatness are you following what i'm saying learn to cook you know that's something i i mean my mother tried all she could to teach me how to cook my mother really tried and i praise her she tried i don't like cooking even when I was in school, I just I had an agreement with my friend. There's one of my friends who can cook. I mean, there's a guy, but they even know him in the market. If you go to the market and use his name, things come down. Just say it was this guy that sent me, so we used to use his name. Very good cook. So I had an agreement with him. I'll give him my food stuff. He'll do all the cooking. We'll share the food and all that. So that's why I graduated in four years. But then the good thing about me is that since I don't cook, I don't select food. You know, if you, if you can't cook and you are selective, there's a problem. Right. Yeah. So my own is very good. I don't cook. Whatever they present before me, I follow scriptures. It says, whatever they give to you, eat. If I can't eat, no complaints. You know, but, you know, sometimes I look at my wife and I just, I feel sorry for her. Like, my heart is there to help, but my hands are not skilled. Do, 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 do you understand what I'm saying? I really want to help. <laughs> I remember yesterday, I was studying, and then I needed to get something. Tea and something. So I just say, well, I want to drink tea and this. She just say, oh, the tea is there and the microwave is there and it's there. I lost appetite. I just realized that, no, I really didn't want to drink tea. It was water I wanted. You know, like water. <laughs> and she just said, I know, because I said, because for me, it is work. Just, even though it's microwave, just don't worry. And I will sleep like that. No complaint, no anger. I will preach a very solid message. I don't just want kitchen, no way. I only go there to take my food and to return. Do you get the point? But you see, would, would, do you think it will improve my marriage a bit more if I could cook once in a while? It will. Yeah. So, but probably if I've listened to my mother more, I will not be sharing this. Maybe I'll be coming and say, you know what? I just cooked for my wife yesterday. You, you have a pastor that can't cook. <laughs> that's it. That's it. The little things in life will get you ready. You are a young girl now. You can't cook. You are buying fast food. Buy this one. Buy they know you know the fast food in town. You just to call. Hello, it's me. Bring it. <laughs> I don't, you are you in your mind? God has God has, and then you get married tomorrow. And as I hear people say, I can't marry a poor man. I can't have suffered. No, they haven't suffered. The skill is not there. They can't keep a home. You've always had nannies with you. You can't iron. You can't do stuff. Ah, in this generation, it's not about the generation. It's about your life. You know the funny thing? If you have these skills and you don't use them, it doesn't make you less. It's even better you have them and you don't use them. Because some days you get stranded. I remember I went to preach somewhere. This is South Africa. And then they got me into this kitchen. And got food. Safe apartment. Got food. Food everywhere. <laughs> and I called my wife. Say I've entered. I'm alone. I mean, the guys were treating me well. So they bought everything. There's beef, there's sausage, there's this one, there's this. So I showed that this is food, but no skill. So you know what I ended up eating? Yogurt, conflicts, conflicts, yogurt, yogurt, conflicts. And food is there. Are you, are you, when they come next morning, you're not eating. I said, <laughs> just waiting on the Lord for this meeting. You understand? We want the power of God to move. So we're just hungry. Food is there. There's meat there. What can you do? <laughs> I mean, to tell you how bad. Why am I saying all these stories? Okay. To tell you how bad. I remember one day my wife was boiling the rice. It was parboiled, so she didn't finish boiling it. She came for choir practice. 
I was hungry, went into the kitchen, took the rice, ate. I felt it was strong. <laughs> I felt it was strong. Uh, maybe it's this new rice, you understand? This new rice. This new Nigerian rice. So I got back. She said, ah, did you take from the rice? I said, yeah. I said, it's, uh, it's pa bread. I said, oh, well, I've already eaten. <laughs> I'm, I'm alive. Praise <laughs> God. So if I can't tell the difference between cooked rice and pulp rice, you know it's a very bad case. But the truth of the matter is that where would I have gotten all of this? Maybe from just listening to my mother a little bit more. The church won't teach you everything. Some things you have to learn at home. And they prepare you for the day of greatness. No thing you are doing now that is positive in development will reduce your life. You just realize one day, this skill that I learned here, I'm using it. Learn everything you can. And how do you learn? The quickest way to learn is to serve. How, does, how do conductors learn to drive a car? Just by serving the master. And one day they realize, they just carry a key. Go and warm that car. The guy is gone off. How? There's nobody who serves and doesn't learn. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's wrap this up quickly. Alright? So about Joseph... Then Joseph served so well in prison. Served so well in Potiphar's house. Genesis 39 verse 4. Served so well in Potiphar's house. Had a testimony of good service. And then when Joseph went to prison, he served so well. Genesis 39 verse 22. Genesis 39 22. He served well. Two things I want to emphasize here as I begin to wrap up. Two things I want to emphasize here. Look at this. So Joseph found favor on his side and served him. Then he made him an overseer of his house. Service is what made him the overseer of Potiphar's house. Go, go to Genesis 39, 22 for me. Genesis 39, 22. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hands. All the prisoners who were in the prison, whatever they did, it was his doing. Can you imagine this? This guy was a prisoner. But this is where I want to really emphasize something this morning. Two, two things. Number one. Joseph overcame offense. If Joseph was offended, he would not have served in prison. That's number one. Number two, Joseph overcame the sexual temptation. Now, what is it about the sexual temptation? The sexual temptation was the enemy's shortcut to make him an overseer. Because Joseph, I mean, like you know, will feel like if I start sleeping with Madame, then I'm actually the second of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? And Joseph could have taken that shortcut to becoming a leader only to realize that it was a temptation. You see, in your days of little beginning, every little compromise will not get you to the top. That's why people steal. They know they are going to be great, but they can't wait, so they steal from the company. And the company realizes and sacks them. Are you still here? Come on, I said, are you still here? We cannot compromise our way to the top. Please. Don't do it. Like I tell some of the young folks that we're in ministry together with. You know, you hear some of those guys share testimony. I went somewhere and somebody blessed me with so and so money. You just started. Those guys have been in ministry for 30 years. Do you know what 30 years of ministry will do? I mean, some of you guys, I'm preaching to you now, I'm preaching to you, I'm preaching to you. In the next 15, 20, 30 years, when you are all established and you decide to send me some money and I share the testimony, then one guy who is starting just thinks that that's what... No, you can't. Some things will take time. Tell your neighbor some things will take time. Learn to be patient. In a happy mood. 
Say it well. Say some things will take time. Learn to be patient in a happy mood. Tell yourself some of these things will take time. Even your own life, you know some of the things you can do right now. You weren't able to do them many years ago. Why are we not patient in life? Why are we not patient in this generation? You start something today, you just want to, why, why can't you just relax? And Joseph served with the right attitude. He was not offended because he went to the prisoners and asked them, why are you downcasted? Genesis 47. Genesis chapter 40 and verse 7. He says, why are you downcasted? Genesis 47. 40 verse 7. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in the custody of his Lord's house, saying, why do you look sad today? If Joseph was sad, I'm not sure if you would have asked somebody else, why are you looking sad? Am I right? Talk to me, church. Am I right? Yeah. It means he was not sad. But how many of you know we will all be sad in prison, knowing that we were in prison for unjust cause? You didn't even do it. And then he just asked the guy, what did you do? The guy said, I'm here for, for murder. He said, wow, can you imagine? They just threw me here. I mean, that's, that's what Joseph would be saying all the time, right? Telling his story. You don't know what happened to me. I was just on my own, cleaning one day, and this woman, wicked woman. God will punish her wherever she is. I, the husband did not even listen to me. After all I've done for them, after yeah, 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 yeah. there are some people, anytime you sit around them, the complaint starts. <laughs> Come on. Are, are we together? If you have that kind of attitude, you'll never become great. Yeah. Because you know what? There'll be so much bitterness in your heart. Even if someone broke your heart, Jesus came to mend the brokenhearted. Hand over it to him. Praise God. Even if you were treated badly, even if you had a, a, a marriage separation, even if you're a single parent, even if you had a terrible experience, let it go. I know it's difficult, but let it go. It's stopping you from your future. Let it go. It won't change anything. Oh, this happened to me. My father died when I was two. My uncle died when I was three. Even death died when I was five. Yes, everything is dead. But can you live again? That's why you're a believer. Have hope. Praise God. Have hope. Don't get disappointed. Don't get offended. Why? Because the people you should serve to get to the top, as it were now, you will be too offended to serve them. So Joseph went and said, hey, guy, what's, why are you sad today? And then he told the dream, and skill came in again. He interpreted the dream. And then Pharaoh called for him. You know, what do we say about the life of Joseph? We always see that place when Pharaoh says, you will be my number two man. But we don't look at the little details of how he got there. How he overcame temptation. How he, um, how he did not compromise and how he served. Even if you have fallen into temptation, that's why the blood of Jesus is there. To forgive you, to wash you, and to move on. The righteous will fall seven times, but they will get up. Don't stay there. Don't stay in that guilt condition. Move on. Learn to move on. Learn to go on. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you still here? That's how Joseph got to become a prime minister. And then in Genesis 41 verse 38, we'll do two more scriptures and then we'll close. Genesis 41 38. Praise the name of the Lord. Genesis 41, 38. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find such a one as this? A man in whom is the spirit of the gods. Joseph skillfully, come on everybody say skillfully, interpreted the dream and gave an economic blueprint. He, 
He didn't just come and say, hey, Pharaoh, you had this dream. It is prayer. Hey, prayer. No, no, no. He looked into the dream. He said, this was going to happen to the economy. This was going to happen. If you do this, that skill, that skill, that skill there. That skill there. And, and Pharaoh looked and said, in this whole nation, who, who, who can we? We're putting you in charge. What took, what took him finally to the throne? Service and skill. The right attitude is said, go and become skillful. The prayer is okay. Go back to school. Go and learn again. Enroll yourself in a program. Learn to drive. Get something. Get your life moving on. Invest some of your clothes money in your brain. Transfer the wealth. Become valuable to your, to your boss. Is there a skill you need in the office? Go for it. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you still here? I mean, being a Bible teacher, I've never been to Bible school. She learned under my dad. And then three years ago, three years ago, I just thought, all right, it won't do me any harm just being in a Bible school. So I enrolled in a Bible school. Is it making me better? Yes, absolutely. Do I agree with some of the things they teach me in class? No. But have I become better for it? Absolutely, I think I've become better, even if you don't think so. <laughs> three years is, is gone. You know, the time you're waiting for things to get better, you can get better. Don't wait for things to get better. You get better. I know this might look like off, but as little things as making hair, just learn it. It won't take anything from you. All the time you are using to do Z-World and all those things, you would have used it to make your daughter's hair. And if you don't have a daughter, can come make my daughter's hair. Whatever way, just serve us. <laughs> Praise God. But I just use that as an example. I don't want any member of this local church to end this year without an additional skill. All right? Come on, everybody. Go sign up for something. December, I'm going to ask you, what skill did you learn? I'll say, hey, Pastor, this skill is so much. We just give God the glory. You know, when, when Christians want to hide stuff they didn't do, say, it's not me, it's God. This battle is not mine, it's your battle. Are you following what I'm saying? Go back home today and ask yourself, before December, which skill, which course, what will make me a better person? Go for it. Take out some time. Take out two weeks. Go sit in a class. Get better. Oh, I might not use it in my job. Just get it. You realize that the day will come and they will call for that skill. That's not the day to say, I want to quickly enroll in this thing. Get better. Praise the name of the Lord. Get better. Don't, don't, don't buy things this year. Buy some wisdom. Go for books. Praise the name of the Lord. That's how Joseph became the prime minister. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 10. Last scripture. Ecclesiastes 10, 10. Do we have another translation there? Do we? Just only New King James, huh? Ecclesiastes 10, 10. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Does anybody have the message translation? The message? Does anybody have that? I don't have it in my system. Oh, you have it? All right. Thank you. Remember. Everybody say Remember. Let's say it one more time, loud and clear. Remember? Remember? Okay, so that means that you will not forget, right? Okay. Remember, the duller the axe, the harder the work. Use your head. The more brains, the less what? <laughs> the more brain, the less muscles. Use your head. 
Don't tell your neighbor. Just say it straight, looking forward. Say, use your head. So we won't lose members. Say, do you imagine? I'm sitting and they told me to use my head. Me, chief. <laughs> the Bible says, use your head. The more brain, the less muscles. What's that? Invest in your brain. Okay? Are you still here? At least we have two wonderful sisters in this church that have a program for those who cannot read. Take advantage of it. Instead of saying, I didn't have anybody to send me to school, I cannot read. You have an opportunity to rewrite that story now. You're not paying for anything. It's free. At least be able to read your name. Just tell yourself, this will be the last time I'll go to the bank and ask somebody to fill form for me. Have you been there? Did you get to the bank and somebody says, fill form for me? The first time I'm like, fill form? How? And I realized the person couldn't read. It's not too late. It's not too late. And if you can read, but you read slowly and it takes you time, you can hasten up that speed. Why? Because opportunity is going to come. Praise the name of the Lord. Opportunity is going to come. Don't let your past story be your final story. Rewrite your story. Praise the name of the Lord. Go for a skill. You don't know how to use the computer? Get into a computer school. Even though you know how to use the computer, you know only one program in the computer. And what is that? Microsoft Word. Save and print. Just learn something more. Get something else. Let's get better. We have the capacity to get better. Let's get better. Praise the name of the Lord. God is waiting for who he can use to reveal his glory. For some of us, he's going to use us within the church as I'm teaching you. For some people, he will use them in governance like Daniel. For some people, he will use them in economy like Joseph. But listen, God is trusting for people to use in every sector of life. Praise the name of the Lord. Can we pray? Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you this morning. And we just pray, Lord, we open our heart to you this morning. And areas where we need to make adjustments in our hearts and in our lives. And I'm saying that, Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you just help us. Help us to make those adjustments. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.